everybody, welcome to the final installment of Bad Girls of Film. I am your host, Emmy, and today we are going to talk about The Revolutionaries. I feel like this is our most self-explanatory archetype. Revolutionaries are rule breakers by nature, and that rule breaking becomes especially multiplied when a woman takes charge and leads the revolution. Many of the women we'll be talking about in this episode do not, as women, yield enough power to actually lead revolutions, but rather do play an integral part within them. This is the case for historical fictional accounts, but not for the dystopian fiction we'll be discussing. Women as revolutionaries play a very distinct role from their male counterparts. For example, in historical fiction accounts such as Pan's Labyrinth and Inglorious Bastards, which we'll be discussing more in depth today, Women engage in revolutionary acts that are usually concealed or covert in nature because they do not hold enough power in society to use violence to fight for revolutionary causes like their male counterparts can. Nevertheless, in historical accounts and in dystopian works, women play an integral role in revolution. We're going to start our episode today by discussing our dystopian works first. We're going to talk about Katniss Everdeen of the Hunger Games trilogy, and we're going to talk about Evie of V for Vendetta. So let's get started. So the Hunger Games were the first young adult novels I ever read. I was freshly 13 years old, and I just remember being so captivated by the story and honestly being inspired by Katniss Everdeen, because growing up, all we had really as far as female representation goes, was the white damsel in distress that didn't have really any physical strength, nor did she have emotional strength by any means. And here Katniss Everdeen comes, and she is written as a biracial, strong, amazing huntress that's amazing with a bow and arrow, and is not interested in male validation or attention. And I remember thinking it was so refreshing because this came at a time where also Twilight was popular. And I, I love Twilight. Gotta be honest, not a great representation of women, Bella. Really not great. So I think that The Hunger Games was a great contrast to Twilight's depiction of the female character and femininity. Frankly, it was just inspiring reading about a 16-year-old girl who was essentially the head of her own household. It was amazing. But we are going to talk about the movies today, which I think were an accurate depiction of the novel. Uh, so I'm kind of going to be using them interchangeably. And we'll talk about how Katniss Everdeen is a bad girl revolutionary. Now, the Hunger Games trilogy has many different themes. It could be seen as a commentary on greed, a satire on reality shows, but in the context here, we're going to be looking at its dimensions of feminist storytelling and the female gaze, as well as how Katniss Everdeen represents a new, almost radical female archetype in Hollywood that has yet to be explored by many films. In the first episode, I talked about how violent women in movies sometimes replace feminine traits with masculine ones in order to make it out alive. However, Katniss embraces both feminine and masculine traits, and these both help her survive. And that truly makes her an archetype in her own realm. According to Rachel Stark of Tor.com, 
Katniss is a feminist character not because she wields a bow like Bella never could, but because while in the arena, she learns to recognize, value, and eventually embrace feminine strengths. It's her ability to find strength in other women and to support them in return that makes the girl on fire a feminist. Now, how does Katniss fit into the context of bad girls? Well, she quite literally breaks the rules of President Snow and of the Hunger Games. She does not conform to the stereotypes of the Hollywood heroine, nor do her motivations revolve around the men in her life. Now let's talk about our other dystopian heroine for today's episode, which is quite a bit different from Katniss's character, and that is Evie of V for Vendetta. I'd first like to read a quote from Natalie Portman, who actually plays Evie in the film. She says, quote, The fallacy in Hollywood is that if you're making a feminist story, the woman kicks ass and wins. That's not feminist, that's macho. A movie about a weak, vulnerable woman can be feminist if it shows a real person that we can empathize with. Nah, I don't know. She made this quote in response to Evie. I do not have the context of this quote. But I do think it's an interesting point that we should keep in mind. And I think it also reflects a lot of the problems that feminist critics have of films with violent female protagonists, that sometimes feminine traits, as I said earlier, are replaced by masculine ones to add validity to the character. And I think that's also what Natalie Portman is trying to say here. Evie starts out as a very vulnerable damsel in distress archetype that we usually see in films. The main character, V, literally has to swoop in and save her from being sexually assaulted, like a masked crusader would. But she is also brave and continues to grow thicker skin as the story develops. This really comes to a head towards the end of the story, when she's tortured for months on end. However, this experience does actually help her obtain greater agency, and eventually she does complete the revolution that V started, through an act of violence. Evie becomes a necessary component of the revolution against an oppressive fascist regime, and it simply wouldn't have been accomplished without her actions. Now let's move our conversation toward our historical fiction. Shoshana and Inglorious Bastards is also an essential role player in the fight against Nazi oppressors, and she does it in a way and only a woman can. According to Joss Truitt of Feministing.com, quote, when Shoshana is in action hero mode, she is also in high femme drag. Even when women are represented in these sorts of movies, they are almost always butch presenting in some way. Short hair, little makeup, leather jackets, and pants or military clothing. Shoshana uses femme gender presentation to her advantage. End quote. Characteristically, Shoshana maintains her feminine traits. And she does this while planning and causing a massive act of violence which would definitely label her as a bad girl. Another female character who partakes in a similar historical act of revolution is Mercedes of Pan's Labyrinth. Mercedes is essentially a spy, informant, and supply smuggler to her brother who's participating as a revolutionary in the Spanish Civil War. And she does this right under the nose of her superior who just so happens to be leading the counter-revolution as a fascist. I tell you what, I'm loving these anti-fascist ladies. Just gotta say it. Girl boss. Anyway, 
spoilers ahead, but eventually Mercedes gets caught in her act of spying and uses violence to uphold the aims of the revolution. So at this point, she's definitely what I would call a bad girl, but doing it for good, doing it for good. It's interesting that the defining element of all the movies we've talked about today is war. These movies aren't necessarily about feminist stories or are even feminist-centered, but they are about the human effects of war and how these women have been caught in the crosshairs of what is generally a man's game. Pan's Labyrinth as a film is just as subversive of the norm as bad girls are. Director Guillermo del Toro even said himself that a core theme of the film is disobedience. In Mercedes, as well as the main character Ophelia, definitely represent this theme well. According to Angry Anchovy of TheAngryCinephile.com, quote, Del Toro has stated that Pan's Labyrinth is a fairy tale of choice and disobedience, and the two leading females, Ophelia and Mercedes, commit their fair share of disobedience throughout the film. Mercedes not only defies the gender binary that subjugates a woman, but also her social and military class, which serve as a form of empowerment. End quote. The women we've discussed in this episode truly occupy a very unique place in the revolutionary film genre. This concludes Bad Girls of Film. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to me ramble about all the films I love and the complexity of their female characters that use violence. As always, the sources for this episode will be linked in the description. And thank you so much. Stay bad. <laughs>